Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Writing Your Own Story, with our guest, Joe. Thank you for being here today, Joe. Would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Super excited to be here. Hey, everyone. My name's Joe Previtt. I'm based out of Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a U of A grad as well. So Bear Down 2016 is when I graduated. And a little bit about me, I work as a senior TypeScript engineer for a company called Bankless which is well-known in the crypto or Web3 space for their podcast. Wonderful. And another interesting tidbit, you are in a small club of former Wilbur mascots. Yes. Yeah. So fun fact. So it was 2015, 2016, my senior year, end of my junior year, and then the rest and all of senior year, I was Wilbur. So I was the 55th Wilbur. Yeah. So great little piece of trivia there. So why did you choose this career after your career as the mascot? Yeah, so it's interesting. I was probably like a lot of your students where I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I remember thinking towards the end of my career, like when I was getting ready to graduate, I, I think it was like the last semester, right? So spring of 2016, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was a general studies major. Most of my classes were like Spanish, Portuguese, linguistics. And I had talked to people in the SLAT program, the second language acquisition and teaching program, and was thinking about going that route, right? The PhD route. And through a connection with the professor, I ended up landing like a, a teaching fellowship for a master's program at Cal State Long Beach in Italian linguistics and literature. And so I was thinking, okay, I'm going to get the master's and then I'm going to go the PhD route. And yeah, I would say maybe a semester into the master's program at Cal State Long Beach, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to land a job as a linguistics professor, make it to tenure, the whole like publisher parish mentality. And so yeah, I looked at other careers. I found Free Code Camp, started learning to code and just fell in love and decided to go that route. Well, I also remember at that time you were taking advantage of networking tools and the university had a networking tool and that's how we connected. And you did an informational interview and were asking me some questions. Yeah. So that was, that was when I was still in the linguistics program. I was learning to code at the same time I was using this tool to just connect to professionals in the industry. Uh, I ended up talking to you. I talked to a gentleman who worked at Snapchat. I talked to a gentleman who worked at Google just to get advice and figure out, okay, if I drop out of this master's program, I teach myself how to code. What can I do to stand out to actually get a job? Because I won't have a bachelor's degree in computer science or a related engineering field. So that helped a lot. For sure. And I think a lot of people are really generous with their time and willing to give 
advice to people who reach out. And now LinkedIn is very popular. It's a great source, but there's other resources that a lot of colleges and universities offer. I thought that was a really good strategy on your part, because I remember you were really torn about going forward or choosing a new pattern. And I think it's really good to get advice from people, both in your kind of like friends and family network, but also external and making decisions like that. Yeah, no, I 100% agree because yeah, like that was the thing that was really hard was I was teaching myself to code, but none of my family, friends, or even friends from U of A from college had studied computer science or worked as programmers. So I really had no one to lean on when I had that thought process and I was making that big decision. And yeah, that, that was like super vital. And yeah, I don't know if I'd be here today without like your advice and everyone else's. And I think too, sometimes people think college degree is a must for a career. I think both in the software engineering field and also in data science now, there's a lot of people coming into those careers from like non-traditional paths. And I think they actually add value for coming from a non-traditional path. And they can ask questions that maybe people who went through a traditional four-year degree program didn't get. And then you brought up code camps. There's a lot of people doing code camps. And then some people are just self-taught. So I'm like pretty much self-taught. There's a wide variety of ways into these different career options. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's what's been pretty enlightening is like the first job I worked as a full-time engineer, a couple people didn't have college degrees. Most of them hadn't studied computer science. The company before my current company used to work at a startup called Coder. The founders had dropped out of college or maybe even high school. So yeah, I would say, and even nowadays, it's even more popular to be from a different field and not necessarily have that comp sci degree. And so I totally agree. I think you bring people from like diverse backgrounds with different experiences and you can make awesome teams. For sure. What's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? This is a good question. Yeah, to me, like one of the things that I wish I knew was that you don't have to have a plan right away. And so what I mean by that is, I'm guessing a lot of the people listening to this might be in a traditional path, right? You study law, you go to law school. You study pre-med, you go to med school. So there's a lot of these, what I'll call like linear paths. But for other people, like I was general studies, there might be some people who are like psychology, communication, just things that don't have a direct one-to-one -one path. The thing that I wish I knew is, would be to realize that you can really write your own story and figure out where you want to go, right? So you could teach yourself how to code and become an engineer, but within engineering, there's back-end, front-end, QA, engineering manager, developer advocate. And so I wish I would have talked to more professionals and just looked what's out there. Like even today, I'm like six years into my, or six or seven years into my career as an engineer. And like, I'm just now learning about copywriting and marketing and how, if I combine that with engineering, there's growth engineering. So yeah, that, I wish I knew that before. Yeah, I think that's a really good message. I think also sometimes undergrads feel like this pressure to have everything figured out, like when they walk across the commencement stage and you have plenty of time and you have time for career pivots as well. You can try something out and find out that it doesn't work for you and you can change. And I know, for example, at the beginning of the pandemic, you had what you thought was a dream job and then you pivoted after that. I don't know if you want to tell that story. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so basically what happened was this was back in October of 2019. I was working at an agency called EchoBinds and I was working as a full stack software engineer building mobile apps and web apps and having a lot of fun. And I went to a conference, as you should if you're in this field, and I did some networking. I went to a talk by a developer advocate at Facebook. And after the talk, I stayed around and I went up and asked the speaker some questions. What's it like to work at Facebook? Is your team hiring? Not because I was looking, but just because I admired some of the technologies that came out of Facebook, like React, for example. And I liked what she did. And so we connected. She said she would refer me. She said there was an opening on her team. And I was like, okay, I probably won't get this, but I'll apply either way. And I go through the process. It's typical, like thing, an interview, like five interviews, like they really put you through the ring. <laughs> and by the end of it, to my surprise, I had an offer. I accepted it. But the caveat was that we had to move to Seattle. And so I moved to Seattle in January, 2020. This kind of things were starting to kick off. I remember I'd gotten a phone call from my mom, like late January, end of February. She was like, hey, did you hear about this weird disease or thing that happened? Flight from China and SF and went to Seattle or something like that. I was like, ah, that's probably fine, mom. Don't worry. And I had gotten really sick, actually. So I might have had COVID right in the beginning. But yeah, long story short, after my training of two months in March, my wife came up, our two dogs, we signed a lease, like a 12-month lease. And a week later, Facebook shut down the office for COVID. And so we were in a 500-square-foot studio apartment with two 50-pound dogs, my wife and I. And yeah, basically the story of that was, it was really tough. It was really lonely. We didn't have any family or friends in Seattle. And after five months, because I was remote, obviously because of COVID, we moved back to Arizona so that we could buy a house and start a family. Facebook at the time wasn't as flexible with the remote policy. They have different levels. It's usually like E3 to E8 on the engineering side. And if you were E5 or above, you could qualify for remote. And I was, I think, E3 at the time. So I couldn't qualify for remote. They were going to make me move back to Seattle in June 2021 after everything settled down. And so I ended up looking for another job so we could be remote. But I think it's important that you demonstrate you had your priorities straight. And while maybe working for a big company like Facebook is a dream for many people, it just wasn't right for you at the time. And so you had to prioritize yourself. And yeah. My next question, maybe, maybe you just answered it with that story, is recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? Yeah, ooh, that's a good one. So yeah, this I touched on this a little bit earlier, but my last company was Coder. I had a kind of an, a challenging experience there. Work is going well, it, you know, everything feels good. And then out of the blue, I get a message from my manager, engineering manager. He's, hey, can we move our one-on-one up to like this Thursday? And it was like Tuesday. I'm like, sure, like, why not? I'm flexible, like whatever works for you. And so Thursday comes around, we hop on the call and... We kind of small talk at the beginning, catching up. And then he was like, hey, I have something to share with you. And so my heart is beating. I'm like, oh no, am I going to get laid off? What is going to happen? And he says, so I've heard from uh, multiple people that they've found you to be challenging to work with right now. I'm like, oh no, oh, can you tell me more? And he's basically, yeah, a couple of people have said that 
they have asked you to do things and it turns into just a long spew of questions. And it's making their work very difficult, right? Because they're trying to task you with things or delegate and you're asking questions and they get frustrated. And I don't know if you're going through some things or what's going on. And internally, I was like, oh no. So what had happened was maybe like two or three months prior, I was at the stage where I was trying to go from mid-level to senior engineer. And one of the senior or staff engineers that I look up, looked up to said that one of the things that he notices in senior engineers is they ask questions, but not just asking questions to stop things. They ask questions to understand requirements and understand, okay, you're asking me to do this because it solves this business value or this business need. Like they want to understand the whole picture, right? So that they're not like, if we're trying to do this and we want to save money, have we thought about using a Google spreadsheet instead of building a new API? So anyways, I took the top level, I guess, of that. Of, I need to ask more questions. I need to challenge the business need. And it just made other people's lives more difficult. And so after I realized that and worked through it with my manager, uh, I ended up fixing that bad behavior that I had adopted. And instead of going back and forth and just asking questions, starting with the assumption that, hey, this person is probably asking me to do this because they have too much on their plate. They've already talked to someone higher up and we know there's business value and that they just need my help to do it. So I'm going to assume all those things, ask a couple questions if I need to clarify, but get it done for them and just be a better teammate. And so that was a really good life lesson last year. For sure. And I, what I like about the story too, is the introspection that you did. I think sometimes when people get feedback like that, they either brush it off or they just move on. And I think the introspection that you displayed in your answer shows how you address a situation like that and make ourselves better. And we all want to do better. Having that introspection is really important. What advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? Somebody just freshly graduated? Yes, just last May. I would say the number one thing you can do if you're going into engineering, specifically software engineering, actually, let me take that back. Anybody who is freshly graduated, I think the number one thing you should do is find a community in your industry. And what I mean by that is find people either locally, wherever you live, or online who work in your field and start to connect with them. Because probably every single one of the jobs that I've had have been either through a connection or me participating in an online community. Like the current job I have now, before this, I'd gotten laid off. I tweeted about it. And because I'd been active on Twitter for the last five years, I'd grown a network there. And somebody's sister-in-law or brother-in-law had seen my tweet, sent it to their HR. HR reached out and we set up an interview and I landed a job. But yeah, that's the number one thing that you can do is because a lot of the jobs that you're going to land or opportunities are going to be through people that you meet. And so I think getting started in the community as soon as possible is the number one thing you can do. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I also want to bring up something that I saw that you did, and I was setting goals and publicly sharing those with people to hold yourself accountable and to actually have that tracking. I think sometimes people can just be like going through the motions and not actually make progress on their goals, but by laying them out like you did, that was a really good strategy. Yeah, that is such a great point because that's the thing too. 
right? It's a snowball effect. You start getting involved online and let's say you, let's say you built 10 friends. Then you tell those 10 friends, Hey, I want to learn about copywriting. And then you start talking about that. You start talking about your learnings. And then one of those 10 friends sees in their community that this company needs like somebody to do a small copywriting gig. They remember that you talked about your learning it. They send it to you. That happened two weeks ago with a freelance gig where I was like, hey, I'm trying to save up some money to help with a home remodel. And my friend was like, hey, dude, I need help. Can you help me? It'll be like one weekend. I was like, sure. So yeah, absolutely talking about goals publicly. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks, Matt. This was a blast. And last thing I'll say, if anybody has questions or you want to reach out, I'm at JSJOIO online. Free feel, to, free, feel free to hit me up. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.